Okay, well, we're going into uh, God's Word this morning and uh, kind of continuing our series, uh, Did God Really Say? And we started this uh, series last week, and if you were not here or you missed out, you can go to our Flag Church app or go to our Flag Church website and you can pick up last week's message if you want to try to catch up. Uh, this will be a, a fall series that we do through the middle of November. This is our life group series and we also kick-started life groups and had some amazing uh, reports of life groups meeting and, and, and connections happening, so we're excited for that as well. But we are diving back into the series. Last week, we kind of unpacked a little bit of, of the intro of uh, truth and lies and, and how we live in this world of truth and lies and what is truth. What is truth? Trying to discover what truth is. We kind of went back to the origin, to the Genesis story, and discovered the origin of truth and, and the origin of lies. And, and, and we're continuing that series um, today. So as we uh, start to unpack today's message, um, one of the things that um, I have started to learn with, uh, I mean, I've always heard uh, this, this term uh, where we... Um, uh, look at film when you play football, right? Any football players, people that played football, you understand what I'm talking about. You, you, you kind of go uh, look at film. And so my son has been doing that. He's been going to uh, watch film. And so I'm like curious, so I start asking, so tell me, what do you guys do at film? Oh, well, we, we watched last week's game. And, and then we figure out what we did and, and what we didn't do right, and we make changes to what we need to do. And, and then we also, then he shows up with all these videos at home and these note things that he's taking, and he's like, what are you doing? Oh, this is video of, of next week's opponent. We're watching a film to know what they do, and he, he has to kind of mark certain things, write stuff. I don't know what he's doing, but he's doing something, watching film. And so I, I started to study a little more, and what you do with film is you're trying to discover what your opponent is getting ready to do, right? You're, you're trying to discover what plays they're going to pull on you or what trick plays they're gonna, they have up their sleeve or where their strengths are, where their weaknesses are. And so you're learning about your opponent so that you could what? So that you could win, right? So that you could beat your opponent because you want to be smarter. You want to be prepared. You want to be ready. You want to know, man, if, if there is a formation that happens out there, oh, that's what's getting ready to happen. Oh, well, they're getting ready to throw the ball. They're going to get into, uh, getting ready to run the ball or whatever that is, right? Uh, and, and so you're learning by watching film as to exactly what your opponent is doing. And so this morning, we're going to be talking about the devil, Okay, the devil. And uh, the reason being is last week we, we discovered that the devil uses lies to destroy us. He is our opponent. He's someone that is trying to take us down. And so we, it's important for us to discover his plan and his plot so that we can be prepared, so that we can do battle well. Okay? Uh, when I do premarital counseling with couples, uh, I always tell them this. And, and when I first tell them this, they look at me kind of weird and then like, oh, it makes sense. But I say, hey, what if uh, you're sitting in my office right now, but what if I was to tell you that as you walked out of here, there is a guy right outside hiding behind those bushes with a baseball bat and he's ready to take you out? 
what would you do? And, and you get some crazy answers. Like one guy's like, yeah, I'll, I'll kind of take him out and protect my fiance. Okay, another guy's like, I'll run from the back door and, and make sure I don't run through the front door. So you got different, I, different, uh, 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 different answers that I get. But, but the key here is that I have informed them that there is somebody out there with a baseball bat getting ready to take them out. So they are prepared when they walk out with a plan as to what to do. But what if I was not to tell them that there was somebody out there with a baseball bat and they walked out? They're going to get clobbered, right? Caught off guard. Might even lose their life. And that's kind of what we see happening in this situation with the devil is that a lot of us live in this space where we kind of think that the devil is not a real thing. <laughs> and we just walk around as if there is nothing out there. And then we get caught off God, and he takes us down. And so today we're going to unpack a little bit about the devil. So like I said, last week we talked about truth and eyes, and we talked about how our Heavenly Father, He created all things that is good. He created you and me, and He, and he created all creation. He created the, 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 the sun and the moon and the stars and the skies and all of the living creatures that we see, and He looked at everything and He said it was good. And he created good things. And we saw how Jesus and his word is the absolute truth. And when we stick to his word, it leads to life. We also looked at the origin of sin and death. And we, 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 we saw the conversation that happened in the garden between the Satan and woman. And we see how um, he, he kind of comes to the woman and he, and, he, and, and he asks the question, did God really say you should not eat from all the trees? He kind of tricked her into it. He, he uh, used deception. He created doubt, right? And then we see that woman falls into his trap and he says, you will not die. When God's word said what? You will die. And so he uses God's word and he, and he twists it upside down. He says, no, you won't die. It was a lie because he wanted her to die. And so we see how lies entered, the origin of lies entered. And it's important for us to understand that since then, the devil is on one mission. One mission to destroy God's creation and deform the image of God, which is found in you and me. We were created in the image of God so that we can be reflections of God, so that we can uh, be the light of God to this world, and the enemy is on a mission to destroy that. And we see that scripture clearly communicates uh, the devil's mission, which is found in John chapter 10, verse 10, and we've used this before. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But what did Jesus say? I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. That I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. So the main weapon that the enemy uses is lies and deception that leads to the deformation by the reprogramming of our mind. The reprogramming of our mind. Your mind is the playground or the battlefield for the enemy to do battle, to distract you and destroy you. 
Let me have you do something right now for a quick second. I just want you to stop and think about what you're thinking right now. What are you thinking of right now? I'm sure you walked in with thoughts. I'm sure during service there were thoughts that popped in your head. I'm sure there are thoughts right now that are floating in your mind. Are they scary? Are they uncertainty? Is there uncertainty? Is there fear? Is there doubt? Is there a battle that is a struggle in your mind right now? See, the enemy uses deception, an act or a statement that misleads, hides the truth, or promotes a belief or concept or an idea that is not true. It is often for personal gain or his advantage, for selfish selfish purposes. The enemy is out to defeat you. There is a fight, the fight, and it is important for us to understand that we are in a fight. Our fight with the devil is first and foremost a fight to take back control of our minds from the captivity of lies and to liberate them with the weapon of truth. Does this statement line up with God's word or the teachings of Jesus? We look at John chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So in other words, it's saying, hey, you're living in lies. Your mind is corrupted. Your mind has been, has been reprogrammed. You've been deformed or deshaped into a new person to believe and think differently from the way that I intended you to be. And the way for you to be set free from those lies is to know the truth. Because when you know the truth, it will set you free. As Jesus was shared in this passage, just to give you a little context, Jesus had just told his disciples or his followers, if you hold to my teachings, you will truly be my disciples. And as a result, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So, if you hold to my teachings, his teachings, which makes us his disciples, that brings truth and life into our life. His teachings is the truth that sets us free. So to help us fight this fight well, Jesus has given us his word in, in scripture. We go to his word to discover his playbook so that we can defeat the enemy and his playbook for our life. And there's a passage, it's a very interesting passage where Jesus um, is teaching uh, or is, is talking to uh, the, the, the spiritual leaders uh, of, of that time. <laughs> and he's looking at them because they have gone off track. They've kind of gone off on a tangent. They've started to kind of adopt the things of the world or the, the, the ways of the world. And he's talking to them, to the religious leaders. And here's what he says in John chapter 8, verse 44. 
He says, you belong to your father. Not Jesus' father. Your father. Okay, who is, you belong to your father, the devil. Man, he's not holding back. <laughs> and you want to carry out your father's desires. The word desires. We'll unpack that in the next few weeks. The powerful word that destroys us. You want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. For there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. So for Jesus, we look at Jesus' teaching, and here are some things that we can take away about the devil. And this is from Jesus. For Jesus, there is a devil. You belong to your father, the devil. I have, I have had some conversations with somebody a few weeks back talking about the devil, and they're like, well, I mean, is, he, is it real? I mean, is the devil real? I mean, come on. We live in the 21st century. I mean, that's just all fairy tale, right? I mean, yeah, there are some spiritual forces out there, but a devil? For Jesus, there is a real enemy. There is a devil. There's a line found in uh, the movie, uh, The Unusual Suspects, and uh, Kaiser Soze says it this way, Nobody believed he was real. That was his power. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world that he did not exist. <laughs> if he doesn't exist, when we're not worried, right? And we go about doing life, and guess what happens? <laughs> we fall right into his trap. So this morning, I want to have this video that I found from the Bible Project that kind of gives us a little background about the origin and a little information about the devil. So I'm going to draw your attention to the screen. Bible's first portrait of evil. It distorts what God has purposed for good, ruining and dragging creation back into darkness and disorder. So the humans join the spiritual rebel, which leads them back into chaos and death. And from this point on, the human rebellion is interwoven with a spiritual rebellion. And the biblical story shows how this happens over and over again. Okay, but wait, we're getting all this from a slithering snake? Well, there are clues in the story that it's more than just a snake. Remember, Eden is a high place where the earth and its creatures overlap with heaven and its creatures. So the snake could be a spiritual being. Well, Genesis 3 points in that direction, and then later biblical authors fill in the picture. Like when the prophet Isaiah has a vision of God's heavenly throne room, he's surrounded and being praised by the spiritual beings. Yeah, these are the cherubim around God's throne. But when Isaiah sees these creatures, he describes them as seraphim, which in Hebrew means 
snake. Ah, so the snake is like a former staff member in God's throne room. So why is he talking to the humans? Well, the prophet Ezekiel understood this figure as a spiritual rebel who didn't want to live under God's wisdom and authority. He wanted to be God. All right, that's the same temptation the snake puts before Adam and Eve. Exactly. He says they could rule the world like God, but by their own wisdom. So they're all kicked out of the garden. Yeah, God says this rebel will now crawl on its belly. Where does it go after this? Well, the biblical authors offer subtle clues where this being is at work behind the scenes, animating division and hatred between humans. They also use a variety of images to describe this being. It's a snake, or a sea dragon, or a dark desert creature, or the king of death in the grave. He's also given many titles, like tempter, or the evil one, or the devil, which in Greek means the slanderer. But his name is Satan, right? Actually, no. Satan is not a name. It's another one of these titles, which is why in Hebrew it has the word the in front of it. The Satan means the adversary, because he isn't for anything. Rather, he's anti-everything, working through lies to drag us back into darkness and disorder. That's intense. drag us back into darkness and disorder. See, the world was in darkness and disorder, and God brought order and beauty in creation. A good place, a good thing. And since then, the enemy is on a mission to drag us back into darkness and disorder. And we'll, as I'm unpacking this, you might kind of reflect on our world today and just ask the question, does that line up with what I see around me? Does that line up with what happens in my life? Is there like chaos and disorder in my life? So we see facts about Satan. He was created by God. This is key. He's not God. He's not equal to God. He has a beginning and an end date. He was created by God. His original role, this is interesting, was to use testing to strengthen our spiritual formation. Okay? Now you may be like, what? Why would he use testing? How many of us took tests growing up when we were in school? And we, some of us are still taking tests going to college maybe. Okay? Why do we take tests? Because tests help out what? Grow. The testing of your faith creates perseverance. It strengthens our faith, right? And so he was, he was created to use testing to strengthen humans in spiritual formations. But what he did was is he started to drift from what he was intended to do and used his skill to tempt humans into a spiritual deformation. So instead of testing, he tempted them to walk away from spiritual formations. He sat on God's divine counsel to collaborate and rule the earth with God, to be with God and to rule. But he started to use his power and wanted to be like God and wanted to seize power from God. And so he was kicked out from uh, the divine counsel. For thousands of years, he has held the title, the prince of this world. He's the prince of this world, leading vast number of humans into chaos and destruction to do evil against the king, 
God himself. Jesus came to destroy the devil's work, and we see that through his death. He disarmed the powers and the authorities and the principalities when he triumphed over death by going to the cross and being raised on the third day. He defeated Satan. And Jesus' victory over the devil, that was the decisive battle that marked the beginning of the war's end. It was just the beginning. And currently, the devil is a wounded, evil animal that is out there. And he's more vicious, and he's trying to take down as many of us as possible on his way down to his final defeat in hell. See, in this ongoing war, we will experience spiritual, mental, emotional, and even physical pain and hurt. We're not exempt or immune from that as followers of Jesus Christ. But we do have on our side the King of kings and the Lord of lords that has overcome the enemy that gives us power to walk through those seasons when we are attacked. And that is why God's word says, be alert and of sober mind. For the devil prowls around like a roaring, roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So he will constantly try to attack and tempt and trip us up. But when we stay in Christ, when we are rooted in him, when our foundation is in him, when we start our day in him, when we t turn to him for guidance and direction, for wisdom, when we come to him for truth and knowledge and insight found in his word, when we spend time with him in conversation through prayer, when we are in community with other believers through life group, and when we do life together we are fighting this battle as one community with christ as the head and yes we will walk through the fire but he walks with us but here is the key takeaway for jesus the devil is real and if he's real for jesus <laughs> he's real for us he's a real um, enemy that is out to get us secondly for Jesus, the devil's end goal is to spread death. He was a murderer from the beginning. He was a murderer from the beginning. Jesus gave us a great contrast between the devil and himself. He said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. If you look around us today, and you look at the way that people are being killed, if that's in our schools through gun violence, if that's through mental, uh, 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 the, the stress and the anxiety and the worry that leads to depression, that leads to suicidal rates going up, and you keep looking at the violence around us, and you've got to ask the question, is the devil at work? Yes, he is. We see that. He sees life, and he tries to stamp it out. He sees beauty, and he tries to deface it. He sees love, and he corrupts it. He sees unity, and he fragments it. He sees human flourishing, and he destroys it. 
So being a follower of Jesus Christ might feel like you're in this world where there is a war that is constantly raging against you. And that is the reason being is there's this friction and this opposition for the way of Jesus. Jesus was crucified for his way. He was crucified for his way. The reason that we feel that tension, we feel that opposition, we feel that friction is because the prince of this world, the devil, the Satan, is hard at work in the area of deformation and, and for uh, taking the truth away through deception and lies. And so we live in this world where it, it constantly is in opposition to the truth. And so when we try to live in the truth, we feel that tension, we feel uh, that, uh, that friction. There's this constant pull and tug and tension between love versus lust. A constant pull and tug versus honesty versus saving face. <laughs> A constant pull and tug against self-control and indulgence. And we see how the Apostle Paul, he puts it really well in Romans chapter 7 where he says, I want to do what is good, but I don't. How many of you can compare yourself with the Apostle Paul and say, you know what, I'm there. I, I kind of struggle with that all the time. I know I'm there. He says, I want to do what is good, but I don't. <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't, uh, sorry, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. <laughs> Why is that? But if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing the wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. The sin living in me that causes me to have the disordered desires, to have the selfish desires, the fleshly desires, which we'll unpack in about two weeks, uh, the deformed uh, depro or reprogrammed um, desires that we have, the sin inside of us that is destroying us. Just on a little side note here, when we see people doing wrong, or maybe they don't line up with our way of thinking that they should as, follow, as us, followers of Jesus Christ, we can be very critical <laughs> and judgmental and attack the person, right? Let us stop for a second and ask the question, how am I helping by attacking the person? Because it's possible that it's not, it's not possible, it's true. It's not the person, but it's the sin in the person that is causing that person to act the way they are. They are blinded to the truth. They were created in the image of God. They are a child of God. It's just that they are not living in truth. They're living in darkness. They're living with the sin that is inside of them that is causing them to act the way that is. And if us as followers of Jesus Christ constantly beat them up, are they going to want to be like the followers of Jesus Christ? No. Because there's a sin inside that is raging. The battle is not against flesh or blood, God's word says, but uh, it's about a higher power. The enemy, the prince of this world who is raging, trying to destroy. The devil's end goal is to drive 
a soul and society into ruin to decimate love. If Jesus is the author and creator of life and order, Satan is the author of destruction, death, and chaos. So Satan is real for Jesus. Second, Satan is a murderer. Third, Jesus said, devil's means, his tool, his means is lies. For he is a liar and the father of lies. Lies is the origin point of deception. Jesus makes this statement when he lies, uh, makes the statement when he lies, he speaks his native language. The origin of lies begins with Satan. He uses that as a tool. And next week, Pastor Eli will be unpacking this about the, 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 the strategy that the, the enemy uses. But I have this uh, graphic that I uh, want to put up here right now just to help us understand that. So if you guys can go to that next slide. See, we have three faces here. We're in face number one, which is the devil. The devil has, comes to us with lies. He has ideas. He has these thoughts that he drops in our head that starts to kind of take residence and then it starts to grow inside. And that is where we see the devil. It's the deceptive ideas using lies to deceive us, to believe that what he's saying is true, which actually speaks to our flesh, which we'll talk about in two weeks from now, where we have a flesh that is constantly against the Spirit of God, and we have this disordered desires. We have these desires that start to surface inside of us, and we go, why do I desire that? We don't ask that, but we, we feel like, oh, I, I, I have this desire for sexuality. I have this desire for uh, fame. I have this desire for power. I have this desire to be in control of things. We have these desires that are fleshly, that are happening because of the deceptive ideas that the enemy causes. And so we have these desires that start to affect our flesh, and we start to look more like the flesh or the, the, the prince of this world. And then we see that when we have people that are in the flesh that create a society, now we have a world that is formed which is full of sin. That's his plan. He wants to bring the good and the order to the ugly and chaos and destruction. And that's his plan. And we see that in the garden when he came to Eve. He came to Eve with this whole idea. Did God really say you shouldn't eat from any of the trees? What did God say? You can eat from any of the trees except that one tree. But he said, can, did God really say, is it possible that God might have maybe meant it this way? Is it possible that you understood God differently? So there was doubt that was placed in Eve's mind. And now truth was starting to look gray. And now we started to have this maybe relative truth. Well, maybe it's actually this and not that. And so now there was a, 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 an order that was starting to happen, a deceptive idea that was leading into... The fact that Eve had all of these amazing trees and fruit to eat from, right? They were all good. But this one that she shouldn't touch looked very attractive. Growing up, I've always heard the grass is greener on the other side. <laughs> Till you get there. <laughs> it's all pretty. 
here. You can have it all. But, but that's, that, that's out of my reach, and I want that. How many of us, we always want the things we can't have, right? We always want the things that we can't have. That's our flesh. And so he feeds into our flesh, which takes control of us, and so we start stepping into the things that we can't have. And we'll unpack that in the next two weeks of how that can be very destructive. Very destructive. Very, very, very destructive. We don't even see that we're walking down the path of death. We're stepping into death. And so Eve takes the fruit and she gives into the disordered desire. And then what happens? Sin enters the world. And it corrupts the world. So today we've talked about Satan. <laughs> and you may be like, man, I have no hope, do I? No, you do. <laughs> That's the cool thing. Jesus came and he died for you and me. And he defeated Satan for good. He's a defeated enemy. As a child of God... We come under the covering and the protection of the Lord Jesus Christ because he has defeated the enemy. But we've got to come under the covering of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that begins by giving our life to Jesus Christ in the first place. That's just the, the starting point. But then it is a constant walk with him. It is a daily walk with Him. It is time spent with Him. Time in His Word, which defines truth and, and, and uh, takes away the lies. Time with Him in conversation through prayer. Time with the people that He has put in our lives that are followers of Jesus Christ. We do life together. Nobody goes to battle by themselves, do they? They have at least two to three people so they can cover their back. Well, that's why God created community. So we do have hope, but we've got to come under the covering of Christ. But we've also got to live with the, the awareness and stay alert that there is a great enemy, the devil, that is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So the moment you drop your God, even as a follower of Jesus Christ, he will tempt you. He will come after you because he wants you so bad because you're a follower of Jesus Christ. But we don't have to live in fear. We've got to be under the covering of our Lord Jesus Christ. Isaiah 41 verse 13 says, For I hold you by, my, by your right hand, I, the Lord your God, and I say to you, don't be afraid, I am here to help you. He's here to help you. He's here. So I say, know your enemy, but know better the king that has defeated the enemy and the power that he has to help you overcome the enemy and he will give that to you so this morning i'm going to ask you ask you to stand with me and i've asked the worship team to lead us in this anthem song and i want us to sing this with confidence and boldness today because we have victory in christ our foundation is in him we don't have to walk in fear but to walk victorious. Now, if you are not a follower of Jesus Christ, 
I encourage you to come under his covering. Let's join in and sing.